Welcome to Hard Sell, a podcast where my friend and I give each other the hard sell on a piece of media that we enjoy, such as a podcast, a video game, a set of albums, or a sports documentary. My name's Cody Morin. My name's Tim Bloom. And I'm Cozy Hanula. Yeah, right over there, Tim? Yeah, sorry. I took a drink right as uh, we... The, the intro's the same every time, and yet I was shocked when it was my turn to speak. That's, you know, firing at all cylinders right up top. You would think... You would think you'd have that down by now, this many episodes in. You might think, but here we are. Well, speaking of uh, drinking things, uh, uh, my topic for the intro actually relates to food and drink. Uh, we Is it about the state drink of Minnesota, or is, is that <laughs> something is we talked about, about before the, the podcast? Yeah, uh, and I don't think milk is going to come into play. You two <sighs> may surprise me, but... Uh, <laughs> so... I've had this conversation with Kayla a few times, but I don't feel like any fast food restaurant has, like, the perfect, like, complete meal. And so I always talk about with her, like, what I would take piecemeal from each restaurant to Mm. create, like, one best fast food meal. Okay. And so I was curious what you guys would have. So my thought was, like, one entree one side one drink and one dessert Mm. so we can we can go through them one by one or as a complete meal okay the problem with your premise is that we both like diet coke as like a drink no many fast food places offer that many fast food places are different in terms of diet coke quality for those of us who are connoisseurs um (laughs) I think this is interesting. No, it's got to be complete meal because something like it meet my brain. So like the fast food restaurant that Cozy and I eat most often is Chipotle. But wait, does I, Chipotle, Chipotle? I wouldn't count as it is Chipotle's absolutely fast yes. Now see, I'm on Cozy's side because my thinking, food. my thinking going Lord. into this was that to be fast food, it has to typically have a drive through. Okay, we're talking about like fast food, fast food. Yeah. Yes. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, I don't know. Like, I I think of Chipotle in the same category as fast food. If I'm like, no. okay, all right, fair enough. <laughs> like, Subway doesn't usually have a drive-through. Is Subway fast food? Uh, they sometimes I, have drive-throughs, and yes, I would count it as fast. Chipotle food. sometimes has. I've I have gotten Chipotle from a drive-through before. It's fine. Do, it doesn't. Do I'm not more often than anyway. not have a drive-through. Okay, all right. Okay, then so, I guess Subway so Subway's not count. fast food. Okay. Okay. I, I wouldn't have food. thought of Subway as fast food, I guess. I'm thinking okay. like your classics. Burgers like, and fries. Yeah, Taco Bell, Canes, <laughs> sure. Chick-fil-A, all those. Okay. So my meal sure. uh, that I had come up with would be uh, a Culver's Butter Burger. Okay. I had thought me. about raising Canes chicken tenders with their yeah. sauce. Mm-hmm. Uh, but see, the, those two entrees specifically are the main reason for this topic to begin with. Sure. Because I feel like the tenders are so good and the butter burger is so good, but they both use crinkle fries, which are like the worst Not version a crinkle of fries. Fry, yeah. Um, that's a hot take. I haven't decided whether I disagree or not. <laughs> um, I do think Culver's fries are like trash tier they're yes. awful i think canes are a step above culver's they but they're are still not better. good they're still they're like not like crispier 
Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I mm. think I have mine. Your complete meal? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Go for it. McDonald's Diet Coke. Obviously. Yep. Obviously. Okay. The spicy Diet Coke. That's what you want. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. The Chick-fil-A nuggets with Chick-fil-A sauce from no. for the entree. Okay. This isn't your meal. I know. Waffle just... fries from Chick-fil-A as the uh, side. And Culver's custard with, I usually get the peach sundae uh, for the dessert. Peach sundae? I don't think I've had that one. It's not. It was like the first time I ever went to Culver's. It was like their thing of the day. And so I thought it was a normal thing. And then the next time it like wasn't really on the menu, but you can ask for it. So I that's what I always get. <laughs> Interesting. I may have to give that one a shot sometime. It's very Chick-fil-A heavy, which <laughs> hot take I think is an overrated restaurant. I think Chick-fil-A is okay. Uh, but I'm not a huge Chick-fil-A guy. I really think their fries and chicken work together. And I like the Chick-fil-A sauce a lot. Yeah. yeah, so mine so mine was the Culver's Butter Burger. Uh, I also had Chick-fil-A waffle fries uh, more than anything for the Chick-fil-A sauce because I think the waffle mm-hmm. fries are a good. great I'll vessel for the sauce. I'll give you the sauce. sauce is very good. Yeah. Uh, Diet Coke. Uh, of course. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Kayla would uh, heavily disagree on McDonald's Diet Coke. She does not like it. Really? For some reason. Hmm. Uh, she would, I, if I would had to guess, she would probably go with uh, Chick-fil-A's lemonade for the drink. Okay. Apparently, uh, everyone here just loves uh, Chick-fil-A's food. I'm not going to vote for anything Chick-fil-A. <laughs> What's your dessert? Uh, the S'mores Blizzard from DQ mm, that clutch. they never bring back anymore. I it's didn't so even, disappointing every I, year. I used to always get the S'mores Blizzard. Uh, I did not even think about Dairy Queen for my dessert. Ooh, okay. Um, hmm. That's a tough one. At at one point in my life, I would have just said like Dairy Queen, uh, chicken tenders with gravy meal with gravy. for mm-hmm. everything in it. The problem is a the fries, b the yep. toast with the sort of like imitation butter sauce, and c the ter- the Pepsi. Um, oh, especially when you compare it to the toast that you can get like at Canes. Yeah, so is this is so my good. That is my. Toast at Cane's is my side. Um, the the Cane's <laughs> toast dipped into Cane's sauce. I frequently, when I used to get Cane's all the time, I would ask for no coleslaw and get extra toast and extra sauce uh, because coleslaw was too much vegetables. So I would <laughs> just get that good, good bread. I don't mm-hmm. know if we talked about it on the podcast before, but I love bread. I will eat so much bread, so... I yeah, so I'll I'll take that. Fries are good. I like fries too, but I don't none of no fast food fry is jumping out to me as being worth uh I, I would go to two canes to get the Texas toast plus sauce. So uh, <laughs> that's that's my side. <sighs> yeah, uh, when on- I when I originally thought about this, I originally thought about saying two sides specifically to have the chick or the canes uh Texas sure toast. yeah it's it's very good um <laughs> so yes that's definitely my side my entree is popeye spicy chicken sandwich it's the best spicy chicken sandwich by a mile uh i ordered one today for doordash no lie 
Um, I'm looking at the Popeye's cup in front of me. Um, <laughs> so yes, I did pay $25 for a chicken sandwich, a fast food <laughs> chicken sandwich, and yes, it was worth it. Um, so that's my entree. That's my side. Drinks, yeah, McDonald's Diet Coke. I similarly will order McDonald's delivery to get the Diet Coke when we have Diet Coke in the apartment because <laughs> I believe that McDonald's Diet Coke is a fundamentally different item than a can of Diet Coke and is better because um, I'm sick in the brain. And then, ooh, I'm stuck on dessert. I was going to say Wendy's Frosty. Clutch, yeah, yep. Mm-hmm. you know, like, staple. But Dairy Queen's kind of throwing me for a loop. Um, I think I've got to go Dairy Queen. The problem is I don't have, like, a consistent Dairy Queen order is the thing. Like, I'll mix it up. Sometimes I'll get yeah. a Dilly Bar. Sometimes I'll get a Blizzard. Sometimes I'll, like, you know... Get something. Sometimes I'll just get a straight up vanilla cone, just yeah, or to like, like a dipped cone or something. Yeah, yeah, just like a chocolate dipped cone. So I'm a huge fan of the. You can get a cupcake, which is their Dairy Queen cake, but a single serving of it. You do love that. Um, yeah, I think I'm gonna go with just like a. I think in terms of the meal, I think I'll just go with like a Dairy Queen cone no because you can't eat a cone i can't it's gonna melt by the time i eat everything else all right i'm gonna (laughs) stick with frosty i think dairy queen's better if i'm if i'm just going for the dessert i'm getting dairy queen but if i'm ordering this in a meal i want the frosty i think okay that's fair i do just want to shout out as a close second side option um jack in the box is tiny tacos oh God. Which Tim hates, but I, I, I don't think are weirdly them. good. Like, they're fine, but I can't believe you would even list them as... They're like microwave taquitos. Like, Yeah, they're good. Or are they like little rolled up? I, I've never... No, they're ever. shaped like tacos. But they're not, yeah. No, they're not shaped like tacos. They're shaped <laughs> like... Uh, like two Doritos if you like welded them together and then shoved dog food in the middle of them <laughs> is what they're shaped like. Like little triangles of sort of like meat product. Uh, to be honest, they're okay. They're not bad. But I wouldn't list them. The, the concept is too gross for me to get over. I just don't know what that meat is. And I understand it's fast food. I understand it's not better, but... There's like a liquid, a viscousness to the tiny taco that freaks me out a little bit. Doesn't sound like a, a kind of taco. I mean, you I, should I try it. I don't it's want like that quality pr- in my taco. Usually, a, a, an interesting viscousness. Yeah, it's but it's, lo- it's more like a taquito than a taco. Okay, That's yeah. but it's they're not rolled up like a taquito. Gotcha. Well, all this talk about all these big food restaurant conglomerates has got me, uh, has reminded me of Hi-Fi Rush, which I pitched you last episode on the podcast, Tim. So why don't you take it away and tell me what you thought? Sure. Uh, uh, Not your best transition, but we've had many many worse. So I'll (laughs) I'll give that one to you. Um, Hi-Fi Rush is a sort of action fighting slash rhythm game. Uh, where you play as a character named Chai, who I was shocked when looking up on Wikipedia is apparently 25 years old. Um, <laughs> uh, I thought Chai was much younger, but Chai has a a 
broken or disabled in some way right arm and wants to be a rock star and so visits Vandalay Technologies to volunteer for something called Project Armstrong, which is a test program for limb replacement. Um, Chai's limb is, uh, during this, through a series of misadventures involving the CEO of, of Vandalay Technologies, Kale Vandalay, um, Chai's mp3 player which looks shockingly like an ipod 6 um is grafted into his chest at the same time as his arm is replaced which turns his robotic arm into a sort of magical telekinetic guitar slash battle axe that you then use for the rest of this adventure game to fight against the evil Vandalay Technologies um, sort of dystopian corporate conglomerate as they attempt to capture Chai for being a defect. A quote-unquote defect because the the MP3 player was embedded into his chest. Um, that's, that is the general premise of the game. Again, it is a, a like, action-adventure, you know, classic, like, fighting style game you can either dodge or parry you've got a light attack or a heavy attack you have special abilities you use combos that you do it's 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 one of those um i think the my first takeaway like the first uh thing that i noticed before anything else is the art style of this game is totally unlike any other video game that i have played like yeah it's yeah the art's really cool yeah there's lots of bright cut like it's very distinctive first of all there's lots of like bright colors and it's very it's like very in your face but it's also it's like very detailed and like both in the cutscenes and in the game itself everything looks like super high quality like just the the cutscenes itself and the the way the characters move, the way they talk, the way that things are shot, I felt in this game more than any game I have played before. I felt like I was like playing an animated movie. I felt mm-hmm. like I was like doing or like a a like Saturday morning cartoon. I was like being the characters and cutting back and forth it was like the quality it was not like video game cutscene quality cutscene it wasn't shot like a video game quality thing it was shot like a an animated movie and i think that was like surprisingly like just the base quality was like surprising to me which maybe it shouldn't have because this is a bethesda game which is like a huge studio but um yeah, I was I was surprised at, at how like distinctive and good looking this game was throughout. Yeah, and even like the the cutscenes within the game, like the transition from playing the game into the cutscenes, like it it looked pretty much the same, and the transitions were so smooth between the two. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it. Uh, it's all the cell shading is how it's done um, mm-hmm. for people who haven't uh, aren't familiar like things I'm trying to think like uh, Legend of Zelda Wind Waker mm. 
um, is a big one for like cell shading that a lot of people would probably know. Um, that kind of like cartoony art style with like thick black outlines on lots of stuff and. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's kind of got like a comic style. Yeah, a little bit. Um, but like I think some games that do a comic style will do like more like panel panel sort of like mm-hmm. what was the show we what was the movie uh that we did on Into the, the spider verse no the one uh the oh, Scott Scott Pilgrim. versus the world like it's more that style but this one was very like it it was like animated not like comic panels but yeah. sometimes it did the comic panels yeah it was, I think it's, it's one of those, like, they, yeah, because it's not trying to be realistic. Like you said, it's, it's shell, it's cell shaded. It's, it's supposed to look like, you know, it's, it's not like a video game cartoon. It is supposed to look like a cartoon. And I think, like, they did a really good job focusing their efforts on, like, making, th- like, picking an aesthetic and making that look good instead of, like, making everything look as good and perfect as they could. Like, I think they did a really good job yeah. associating resources in this game. And I think the best example is the fact that I think over the course of the game... So the base story of the game is about 10 hours long. It took me about 10 hours to beat it. Yeah. I think that looks that's on the shorter side, it sounds like. Um, but it... I think there are like 20 to 25 total character models across 10 hours of story. Yeah. Uh, but like the consequence is that they can make those character models look really good and like make the movement look really fluid. Again, both in the game and in the like cutscene sections. And I think like. You know, I would rather a game be like very sort of like in a box and and limited, and then do that really well than like try to boil the ocean. And I think they did a good job doing that. Yeah, because like even with that, you've got essentially like ten named characters. Yep. And then the rest of the characters are all like bots that this company has made that made your robotic arm. Mm-hmm. Um that all each have their own like very unique design with lots of character and charm and yeah. Um, so let's talk about that character and charm. Um, <laughs> the story is basically fine. I think, yeah. uh, I don't feel the need to like go into detail on the, the story beats in any level of detail. It's, it's like classic kids cartoon stuff. You've got your, cartoonishly evil mega corporation with your like cartoonish sort of mustache twirling villain you've got the story it tells is fundamentally like a uh, story it tells is fundamentally like a we've got a spunky group of misfit heroes who come together to to become a found family and take down the heartless evil corporation with the power of music slash friendship and like <laughs> it's it's fine it's it's uh, the story is the thing it is um the success or failure of that story fundamentally i think is based on its characters uh i mostly didn't take notes while playing this game i i took 
one note up top, and then as I was playing it, I was like, let me just, like, play through this, and then I'll figure out what my thoughts were. The only note I took playing this game was in the first cutscene. My note is, Chai is extremely insufferable. Um, (laughs) There's, I found at the start of this game, Chai to be so abrasive. Chai is like a sort of, like, bumbling... A truly, like, incomprehensibly dumb uh, rock st- wa- wannabe rock star that doesn't know how to play any instruments or yep. sing um, and is so over the top. And, like, it, it's a cartoon. Like, it's a it's yeah. a Saturday morning cartoon, but I was like, oh, boy. Like, I am not feeling this main character. <laughs> um in the beginning to and i felt sort of the same way you're introduced to your first sort of like party member found family character who's this girl named peppermint and i was like okay they're doing the like bumbling idiot lead male character with the like hyper competent but like type a um like female character supporting hero uh and i'm like uh, i don't know like this is not uh Really, through the middle of the game, I was like, this is really just like, I'm just powering through this. I as I think I told Cozy, Cozy also played this game almost to completion. Cozy played it to like the final boss fight and has not had time to finish that yet. Um, but like, I, I was really like, this game would be better if there was like the cutscenes were a third the length. I was like, I just want to get back into the game because I don't care about these characters and I don't care about the story. Uh, and then to my chagrin, they did kind of grow on me. The uh-huh. the end of the game, yeah. there's like a bunch of you know, it's the classic shit of like they come together to like help each other and the power of friendship help. You know, they power through. It doesn't literally say that, but it figuratively does that. And, like, it did kind of work on me. When all the characters are helping, I am kind of smiling. And I don't know how or why that it tricked me into doing this. Um, but I think that's probably a sign of, like, good writing. That I... I Or I, I don't know if the writing was weak at the beginning or if it just took me time to warm up to them. But by the end of the game, I was pretty much on board with the the whole party and was enjoying the, the journey and the rapport between the characters. And I think... I think you see slightly different sides to some of those characters that, at least for me, kind of, like, shifted my perspective on them, like, as you got late into the story. Like, Chai was general, generally less abrasive, like, but still a bumbling idiot. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But, like, the charm for me comes in with, like, the characters calling him out on things and, like, interrupting over their, like, chat while you're fighting and stuff like that. Um, yeah, I, 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 they all grew on me by the end. Yeah, I think it is that growth. Like, Chai becomes slightly more competent. Like, the, the characters start to show a little bit of depth. Like... The thing is, like, I was worried this was, like, a, you know, it's a Saturday morning cartoon. That's exactly what it's trying to be. But, like, there's a big difference between, like, 
Avatar The Last Airbender and, like, Ed, Ed, and Eddie. And (laughs) this falls somewhere in between those. And I was worried it was just, like, Ed, Ed, and Eddie all the way through. At which point I was like, 10 hours is a lot for an almost 30-year-old man to play Ed, Ed, and Eddie, the video game. (laughs) Um, However, it, it it, it got to a... This is not a particularly deep or insightful game, but it got to, like, a level of depth that I think I was subconsciously afraid it wasn't going to get to. So by the end, I I did wind up, like, liking these characters and rooting for the characters, and it it worked for me by the end. Yeah. Um, again, it is a fundamentally like a Saturday morning cartoon, so it had very classic kids' cartoon humor, which is to say most of it was very like tropey and like whatever like it didn't i didn't hate it it just was you know it was like humor for kids it was like punny and whatever with a few good lines and like that is what kids cartoons are generally is like a bunch of like kid humor then they'll like slip in a good line or two or a good like beat or two i think like cinnamon drawing on himself there were some real good beats (laughs) of cinnamon is a robot who doesn't have an expression because he's a robot so he draws in sharpie on his face various expressions um those beats were funny it's very funny to have chai be left shark at one point in the game in general the like meta stuff in this game the game's very meta it's very like constantly winking at the fact that it's a video game and it's like it's like joking about loading screens it's joking about like how it's so weird that we're like going on it has very distinct stages and it's like it's very weird like there's a point where the characters escape from a stage it's like don't even worry about how we got back to the hideout like it's very meta in a way that i almost became like distracting to me and i was like i don't not feeling it however having chai be left shark is fun like is just so I don't know. That that part really worked on me. Yeah. Uh the, and then some it, of the stuff about the hideout. One of my uh one of the few notes I took playing the game cuz I also didn't take very much. Mm-hmm. Uh was after you beat uh, one of the the second boss, I think. Mm-hmm. Um you get uh slight story spoilers. You get kidnapped. And mm-hmm. then uh but then the game takes you back to the hideout that is like the room between each level. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I just liked how that was handled where it's like, this doesn't make sense because you shouldn't be in the hideout. You should be uh, in the process of being like kidnapped and imprisoned. But then you start talking to everyone and they're very clearly talking to you uh, in a way that those characters to that point would never actually talk to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're all uh, talking about how like great you are and how yeah. amazing you've done so far, and they're all like super excited. Yeah, yeah. So like, I I liked how they handled that. Like, yeah, that not that there was like a whole lot to the between the mission stuff. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, well, it's revealed you're like dreaming the hideout or whatever. Yeah. So it's like your interpretation of what it would be if you were making up all the dialogue, <laughs> right? <laughs> or if Chai was like making it all up. I just, mm-hmm. I feel like it fit well with the, like, tone and humor of the game to, like, make those call-outs. Yeah. yeah. I mean, some of the dialogue is just good, like, when Cinnamon refers to Chai as the human equivalent of a dividing by zero. 
it's just solid good good line there mm-hmm. um there were a I, few like good... i think the the overall dialogue and tone is really good i actually so i i think the overall tone is good I think the overall dialogue is, like, pretty weak. I, like, found myself skipping through dialogue quickly or, like, trying to, like, I think the cutscenes were good. But a lot of the, like, character, I wish the, like, character chat at the hideout was better. Like, yeah. uh, you know, I had all those conversations and almost every single one I was like, this is kind of, like, vague or, like, not that interesting. Like, I wanted more yeah. from some of that stuff. Um sure. But the, really, it's like the cutscene stuff is the stuff that I liked the most. Um, you know, there's the point at one point where they try to see a big evil AI and um, or like try to Chai looks at a computer is like, oh, my God. So this is it. And Peppermint goes, no, this is the screensaver and like clicks on it and clicks a screensaver <laughs> away that made me laugh. There's a point near the end where Cinnamon... Um, does something and says chai was i was that dope question mark that like really (laughs) worked on me that is like too it shouldn't work on me but it really just did so like there there are some good moments i actually i didn't love the dialogue broadly i thought the dialogue was like kind of that's the piece even to the end i found myself like skipping through you know, it was also like generic, tropey, like basic dialogue. I was like, once I get these characters, I can predict to within like seventy percent accuracy, literally exactly the words they're gonna say to each other based on like the prompts of this of this text stuff. So like that kind of thing, I think was um, you know, I it's written for this game is rated E, like it's it's written yeah. for a a younger audience um and i think it it as a result didn't work on you know almost 30 year old me so well yeah and see that's the kind of stuff that does work on me especially like all of the like really bad puns and jokes and stuff sure. like that yeah that's all stuff that works for me so <laughs> yeah i don't it the thing is like because this game is so clear about its tone because it's got this this cartoon vibe it's got the like that is the energy of this game all throughout that that first cutscene is like a receptionist robot asking chai what he does for work chai being like I'm a rock star and then like imitate or like aspiring rock star and then like air guitaring while the receptionist like looks at him for like 30 seconds. I'm like, okay, this is a, this is a, you know, it's a cartoon. So like having shitty cartoon dialogue didn't like bother me, but it also was like, that's not what I'm going to, again, I was like skipping through it to get to the next, the next thing. Um, I think in terms of the gameplay, I think this game feels very good to play, but I don't know if that has as much to do with the gameplay as it does with the visuals, actually. Mm. Like, the game is so good to look at that, like, the... Basically, like, so you pitch this as a rhythm game. Uh, yes. Fundamentally, I don't think this is a rhythm game. I think this is way more action game than it's like action game with like some rhythm elements and then like rhythm mini games throughout. Like, what difficulty did you play on? Uh, hard. Okay. I played on normal. 
the 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 way it couches normal is like if you're pretty good at rhythm games but bad at action games, which is what I consider myself. Yeah. Um to when playing on normal, I didn't really the the ironic thing about that is I wound up not really needing to engage with the rhythm parts of the game that much during normal combat. Like my strategy generally was to by the time I got into the mid and end game was to like mash the grappling hook and dodge buttons and then mm. spam my friends, spam the yep. party members you can do and like rely on them until somebody was like stunned and then I could hit them for free. And like I you know, I Cozy also played this like I said and it was Cozy did not have the same strategy as me. Um and when I looked, it gives you like a score after every little like set piece encounter in various categories like time and like combos and uh like perfect rhythm timing mm-hmm. i was regularly very low in rhythm timing like 40 percent 30 percent something like that and then always s in time to complete like i was slamming through these and not even worrying about the rhythm stuff like you know once when i was doing the hits when i got to the hit part i would kind of pay attention to the rhythm but like uh maybe normal was too easy for me in hindsight because i was really like just brute forcing my way through <laughs> through the game i have a beef with the rhythm part of the game yeah <laughs> um i was trying to follow the rhythm to the extent that the beat kept getting stuck in my head which is a ridiculous thing to say but it's true um but my problem was that, so in the early stages of the game, it worked fine. I could do the combos. I, like, learned the timing of all the combos. I was doing great. I could do the one where you, like, punch the floor and all the bad guys get hurt. And it was uh, it was working well for me. By the time I got to the later levels, I couldn't get a combo off without getting, like, attacked. Therefore, I, like, literally mm. couldn't use the combos. Because would, you would need, like, seven beats to get one combo done. Yeah. And then it was like, I don't have seven beats to get a combo because I get hit halfway through. I have to like dodge or parry or whatever. And then I can't. So like, what is the point of these combos if I can't even use them? (laughs) Yeah, I found, especially towards the later portions, that it was a lot of like dodging around and then like getting in small hits where I could. And then once I had something stunned... Uh, like lining it up so I wasn't in a line of fire with someone else and then getting a big combo off. And it was yeah, kind of like would, that repeatedly. I felt like trying in the later levels, trying to get the combos was making it harder and making me like die more than if I just did Tim's mm. strategy of getting all my friends to do that Shoot, work yeah, for getting me. Getting Peppermint to kill the boss for me. I think. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it was yeah. like, I feel like I'm being punished for playing the rhythm portion of the rhythm game. <laughs> yeah, I like I said, I played on normal. There is an easy difficulty, but I played on on normal, and I didn't memorize a combo during the game. I just like I I I have a bad memory. Like I don't, I have a lot of trouble memorizing like combos like this or like rotations in MMOs. Or uh, I'm not good at it. And I didn't even try in this game, and I didn't need to. Like, I got through the game without 
purposefully ever doing like a specific combo, just like mashing my or like sort of randomly hitting either my light or heavy attack when I needed to attack and then relying on my friends. And I again, I was like consistently getting through the the set pieces at like very fast speed, supposedly, or at least like S rank speed. So I guess it worked. Um, yeah. That was actually, that's a pretty common criticism I think I've seen of this game yeah. is like that there's so many different combos and that most people kind of, if they memorized any, it's it was like a small handful that they yeah. got used to. And I felt the same way. I feel like I had like five or six kind of like go-to combos and then all the rest that I had like purchased, mm-hmm. I just didn't find myself using very often. Yeah. I will say I do appreciate that like the way this game is balanced is if you get too low health, at least at normal, I don't know if this is different on different difficulties, but at least on normal, when you get to low health, when you execute like a combo or when you stun someone and then hit them, they drop health. So it like, but they don't do that until you are at like 40% or below health. And so I think that's a good way of like, uh, I think it's a smart way of, like, artificially making the player feel like a fight was hard. Um, Whereas, like, if they just gave you the same amount of health but gave it to you in, like, potions you could use whenever you want, I would never go below full health, but it would, like, artificially make me... But the thing is, like, I started to account for that. I started, like, going into fights at half health, thinking to myself, like, I'll be fine, because I'll just hit two things and get my health back, or whatever the, the case was. Um, I do love on boss fights. So boss fights are like multi stages that when you die, you would go back to the stage you were on. Yes. Like, oh yeah. If you Thank had to restart <laughs> boss fights from the beginning, I wouldn't have made it through this game. At least not on I, normal. It, yeah. I it would have been hard for me too. Like so the rhythm portion, like I was, it was rare for me to be like under ninety five percent. Sure. For that like rating, but. Some of the bosses, uh, particularly like the last two, mm-hmm. I, I was thinking about it and I was like, if I had to do all three of these stages without dying in a row, like I don't, I don't know if I could do it without uh, like a long amount of time and a lot of attempts. Yeah, I think especially the second to last boss. I, I mean, I died in every stage once, and then you know would restart that stage with full health, and then could get it at least, and like. That would have been a lot to do. That would have... Yeah, the the bosses are such a big jump in difficulty if you treat them that way. Uh, but if you treat each section of their health like its own thing, which is functionally how the game treats it, I think that, like, balance made it. The, the truth is, my, like, consensus um, takeaway from just the the gameplay both from like a difficulty perspective and how it is constructed is that this feels like like baby's first action adventure game like it not that it's not that it's so easy but it feels very accessible it's like very forgiving mm-hmm. and v- again i like didn't really engage with the rhythm stuff much in the combat part and i still was able to like by engaging with other things. Like, I use specials a lot, and I use my friend. Like, you don't need to engage with all of the things. You just find, like, the method that works for you and do that. And, it like, it's it's very... 
um, again, at least on on, a, on normal, which again presumably is like the developer not necessarily intended difficulty, but like that's the experience I think most players will have. Like, um, it felt very accessible and not like threatening or frustrating really at any point. Yeah, and I think um, you know the fact that they have the wide range of difficulties. Um, you know, I think it's a little something for everyone. Like the people who are after an extremely like difficult, like have to have perfect timing, um, and like perfect dodges and parries, like they have that too. Because once you beat the game, when you first start, there's four difficulties. Once you beat it, you unlock uh the rhythm master difficulty. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think it, it's. It's good that it's accessible, but also that like it has that little bit of something for everyone. I did. I also do like. So I played it on my Steam Deck, mm-hmm. um, and I like that on Steam, uh, you can see like what percentage of the people who've bought the game um, have gotten what achievements. Mm-hmm. And I was curious, and I had looked it up earlier, um, and it was like sixteen percent of people who bought it beat it on normal. Ten percent was on hard. Uh, 2% was on easy, which <laughs> yeah. is less, less people than beat it on very hard. Interesting. Yeah. I think, cause again, I think again, the truth is like normal is pretty easy. Like normal's pretty, mm-hmm. if you're, if you're engaging with half of the mechanics, you can kind of get it done. It, you know, it'll take some death sometimes or like sometimes it would, I would need to die while I figured out a boss mechanic or I would go into a new boss phase with. 30% health and kind of know that I'm probably not going to get it this time. Yeah. Um, but normal is challenging. Yeah. I but- found it frustrating. Actually, not really challenging. Just like there would be fights I would die to like seven times and it felt like it was not because I was screwing up timing. It just felt like because it was too many things being thrown at me. Yeah. And yeah, especially the, some and of the, the me- fights mechanics weren't helping me like i was like i'm trying to keep the rhythm and i can't do that and fight this fight or whatever yeah i was playing on normal as well but i mean i think tim if you had not started watching me play and telling me to just use the our the like (laughs) friends you can call in i think i would have gotten more frustrated and maybe not finished the game yeah because it's, that is the... Th- I had to switch how I was playing the game in order to advance and just not worry about the rhythm thing. But I like... That was my favorite part of the fighting mechanics was doing the combos. Yeah. 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 I think that is the... I think I realized up front that, like, it requires more skill than I have to do the rhythm mechanics while playing it as a fighting game. So I guess when I said this is way more fighting game than rhythm game, maybe that's my experience of it, of, like, I realized it's too much for me. Like, it's too much for my brain to do both, so I'm just going to treat this like a fighting game, and the game was kind of like, yeah, that's fine. Like, it didn't, (laughs) it didn't, I never felt punished. I never felt like I had to have rhythm at, at all, or I had to... The problem is not that I don't have rhythm. The problem is that I can't both play a fighting game while having rhythm. And it didn't make me do that. When it when there were distinct rhythm points where it would stop and then you would do a rhythm thing and then there were fighting game parts where I 
didn't worry about the rhythm. And that's, I think, when I treated it that way, and when I sort of <laughs> encouraged uh, Cozy to treat it slightly more that way. Cozy was still scoring way higher than I was on the rhythm <laughs> meters, but, like, because she was trying at least I was a actually bit. hitting on the beat. Cozy sometimes used the block button, which I truly never ah. did. I never once used it in combat. Um except when it forced you to to like deflect things but like yeah not a thing that i used i would dodge or i would jump or i would just like get hit sometimes and that was fine um yeah and i think like treating it that way is the way to i'm assuming at higher difficulties you have to do both but at normal i was like i'm not even going to it's it's too much. Like I'm gonna get frustrated and I'm gonna quit. I I, I once once I helped Cozy come to a similar uh, place, it probably was easier. I felt it was a little bit more like you had to kind of try to stick to the beat, especially for trying to dodge stuff. Yeah. Um. Because mm-hmm. you get because you can dodge so much more if you're doing it on the beat as opposed to just like trying to get out of the way quick from stuff. Yeah. yeah, like, and, and sometimes I use the beat to, like, indicate some of that stuff. Like, sometimes if I saw yeah. a big ability was coming, I would, like, listen to the beat, and then that would help me figure out my timing. Uh, so some, I guess that's probably true. I used it reactively sometimes, but I was not, like, timing my attacks to the beat in a meaningful, in a meaningful way. Except, yeah. you know, uh, except when it does, like, the big end combo thing, there's the circle that you line up. But then I'm, I'm lining, I'm timing it to the circle, I'm not timing it to the music intentionally. Yeah, I I guess for me, I I I mean we talked about when I pitched this that I really like rhythm games and I play them a lot, so I'm more yeah. used to like playing games where I have to stick to a beat, um, including some that are like more challenging and require a lot more, like a lot stricter adherence to the beat. Yeah. Um, and one of the things I liked about this game is how much it gave you to indicate what the beat was. Yeah. Uh, like if you're trying to stick to it, because not only do you have the music, but also like your hits happen on the beat. So you always know that like when your hit makes contact, you can hit your button then to do your next attack and it'll keep going on the beat. But then also like everything in the world around you is moving to the beat also. So like Mm -hmm. you have a little robot cat that's like constantly flashing the beat at you different like things in the background are like flashing and bouncing to the beat and the enemies are moving to the beat and um, yeah and if you want to you can literally pull up a metronome that yes you know shows the beat at the bottom i found the fact that you moved to the beat like he took steps to the beat actively harmful in navigating the world (laughs) (laughs) like Uh, outside of combat yes uh because I would try to like jump for platforms and stuff and it would just be like offbeat slightly and it would just feel really weird. Like it would, it's hard to do a platformer on beat. Cozy <laughs> yeah. led the league like, in like just running off the edge of platforms for sure. <laughs> yeah. And that part of that's on me being bad at it. But like I would like jump. It was just like the t- the fact that I was trying to jump not on the rhythm was like throwing me off enough to make me fall a lot. <laughs> mm. I think some of the, some of the like jumps and stuff were like you'd have to make a kind of long jump and it like wouldn't work to do it on the beat cuz you would have like fallen too far and then the dash wouldn't get you there or whatever. 
So it wasn't always like perfect. That's this is where my method comes in handy <laughs> because I <laughs> I didn't pay attention to the beat when I wasn't in combat or when I didn't like when I was running around in the world like I treated it like a regular adventure slash platformer game and well, that's I what I was trying to do. But then I the felt beat. like I was fighting the what it wanted me to like. That's where I felt the dissonance is like I wanted not. I wanted the things around me to beat, but, like, the fact that my character was moving to the beat was, like, throwing me off in terms of timing. (laughs) I'm curious if that plays into at all, like, why maybe I had more success keeping the beat in combat, because, like, I think moving around between combats, I probably moved more distance with dodging to the beat consistently throughout the like entire stretch between combat to combat. So I was like already keeping that beat for the same song that whole time. I guess I did. I use genuinely that. forgot I that use... was an option until you just said it. I did use the <laughs> dash on the beat moving from things. Um, but like do, doing jumps and stuff like that. I didn't when I, when I yeah. needed to like do something complicated, like when I was just running across the floor, I would do the dash to the beat. But when I was when I needed to like do like I said do jumps or do some sort of platforming section, I was not yeah paying attention to the beat. I do in general. I think this game had too much between levels. Like it, yeah. There, yeah. there's too much space. There were too many times of me just like running down a hall and like destroying crates for like a tiny bit of currency for like you know sometimes like five to ten minutes between set pieces and i'm like i don't the gameplay of just like running down a hall and destroying crates is not particularly engaging the world looks good but it's just not i think there was there's it felt like there was some like filler in between where i'm like this maybe would have been a better like seven hour game instead of a 10 hour game and it felt like they needed to you know beef it up a little bit yeah it did feel like a little bit of padding for sure between like across an entire level because I like each level for me was like roughly an hour. Yeah. Um, I feel like too like the been shortened. amount of con- like consecutive identical waves of enemies were like I don't know how many times I fought like the motorcycle guy plus one of the guys with armor plus three of the little uh, like lowest level guy robot guys like I did that fight 20 times you know like on different levels and it was like i cannot do i don't need to do this fight every time (laughs) (laughs) but uh so i felt like that too like after they stopped introducing like new enemies i was like okay i don't like i need more diversity in the fights to keep me interested in this yeah like i liked when they would introduce new environmental mechanics like when oh the floor starts to zap you if you're in the wrong spot like that kind of kept things interesting but there were a lot of times where it was like okay you're on this circle platform and the exact same enemies you've already fought are coming at you again in three waves here you go do that seven times now you're through the level (laughs) yeah um and speaking of the boss fight or of the fights in general uh the boss fights specifically i don't know if you guys had more or less trouble with them than the like regular fights Mm -hmm. i liked how they how they weren't all the same. Like, each fight had some unique stuff to it, particularly, like, the third boss that you fight mm-hmm. is, like, not even a boss fight in the same sense as any of the other fights at all. It's like a showdown 
mm-hmm. um, where it's very much more on like the rhythm side of things. Yeah, um, and I like that yeah. they like kind of threw some change ups in there with some of the bosses. Yeah, yeah. I like the boss fights. Go ahead. Generally. Sorry. That like that was the end of that. Oh yeah. <laughs> I thought the like what you said the way that they switch up the mechanics like it again it kept it made fighting feel new and interesting versus what I had been doing all level to get up the thing I mm-hmm. was literally just complaining about to get to the boss fights but like yeah. I thought the boss fights themselves were fun. Yeah, I I agree. I think overall, uh, most of the best parts of the game were the boss fights. Um, like I, I enjoyed them. I do think the last boss felt like a letdown for me. Like again, maybe it's because of how I play, but I felt like the last boss was easier than the boss before or like interesting. I was like, there were long periods in that fight where I was kind of just like waiting. I was like, the boss would do like an attack that was like pretty easy to dodge and I would dodge and I would just wait until he would do something that would create an opening and then I would have my friend hit the opening and then I would get two hits in. And I did that for like 10 minutes straight and then killed the boss. And maybe there's a way to do it faster. There probably is, but uh, like the boss before that, I really, really liked. And the last Mm -hmm. boss was the one that felt the least creative to me that felt the, or that like I was playing. It like forced me. It it was the one that least forced me to be creative, or like least forced me to play differently. Um, and I kind of just like turtled it out and then beat it. And like yeah. again, maybe I could have been more active, but it didn't ask me to be more. It just you know, I just was slow and did it again. I don't know. You probably had a different experience on higher difficulties, but on normal, it felt like kind of a the the crescendo of the game for me happened in the level before the last boss and then the last yes. boss was kind of like uh it felt it felt like a not filler it felt it felt like something you just kind of had to do to get the game game was, done with yeah i i had the exact same reaction um mm. the second to last boss was the highlight for me and then yeah. like it sets up your expectations and then dashes them in that final boss fight, I felt. Uh, I also, I mean, I think even, like, the emotional climax of the story and stuff is the level before the last boss fight. Yeah. And then you get to the last boss, and then kind of, it's kind of already over at that. Like, again, it's a kid's cartoon, and you're fighting the comically evil villain. Like, I know how it's gonna end, and, like, it's just the mechanics weren't that interesting uh, that yeah the the i thought the game got like better and better and better as i played it generally up until the last boss fight which felt like a, a step back which was weird it was weird um and so like for me i didn't i didn't try to take the strategy of like going slow sure i tried to go fast like i had on all the other like fights and it felt more punishing yeah. for you to do that. Like, I by far died the most on the last boss fight compared to any other. Um, I think, I mean, I, I think I that's what I was reacting to. to slow down. Yeah, um, yeah. Like, I, I was just dying. And I was like, well, let me wait until there's an opening. 
Yeah. And like an actual good opening instead of trying to force something. And there was an actual good opening like once every 40 seconds. And then I just waited for those. And like that, I was like, it's weird that it would incentivize that style of play in this moment, which feels like it should be like a victory lap. Like it should be some sort of like bombastic conclusion. And instead it was like me just sort of like circling for five seconds and then dodging and then circling for five seconds and then dodging and doing that six times until I finally got to attack. And it was like, yeah, okay. The thing I will say about it is it did force me to engage with mechanics that I like had kind of neglected, like parrying stuff. Mm. Um, it was much more necessary on that fight, at least on hard than it had been on like any other fight. Like, yeah. it was helpful in other fights, but I'd be fine if I, like, didn't always do it. Yeah. But on that fight, like, to survive the final phase, I, like, had to at, like, certain points. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that's the biggest stuff. Last thing, uh, the soundtrack was good throughout. I liked, yeah. liked the music. I think it was good. My big takeaway is uh, there are various parts of the game where there's real music. Well... Okay, real music to mean music that was not created for the game, where they use, yeah. like, licensed music from different artists. It's got a very, like, uh, somewhere between, like, 90s rock and, like, late aughts indie rock mm-hmm. vibes um, to one sort of, like, uh, classical music techno remix at one point. <laughs> yeah. Um, those were the highlights of the soundtrack. And like, if there was anything I was going to change about the soundtrack, I wish there was like five times more of that. I wish the the music they had, like the music they created for the game was fine. It was like good video game music. It reminded me a lot actually of like parts of the persona five soundtrack. Um, I, I think, I think it was decent, but the best parts of the soundtrack is when they use like music from like, actual bands and and music artists that they had licensed and i wish there was way more of that or i wish there was like a way for me to like put in my playlist and have my music going that would become the beat or something like that i think that would have been very cool because every time that happened i was like pumped and it was it was good i just wish it happened more often I was actually surprised there wasn't more of it because yeah, like in the too. settings menu, um, there is, you can activate a streamer mode mm-hmm. to get rid of all the licensed music so that you don't get like DMCA, DMCA. takedowns and stuff. Yeah. Um, and so I was expecting much more of the game to have that licensed music, but um, there were a couple tracks that really took me back. Uh, the, there was a track from the joy formidable, Yep. Uh, in one of the later stages who I had great track. Like I listened to that album a bunch. I went and saw them in concert back like, you know, over 10 years ago now when that album came out. So immediately took me back as soon as it started playing. Uh, I had the same reaction, but with the nine inch nails song in the beginning. Um, (laughs) But yes, that joy formidable song at the end was, was the highlight or it's, it's not the last boss, but right before the last boss was the, the best the music was in that game, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, but those are the big pieces. Cozy, was there anything else you wanted to talk about, given that you played through the game too? No, I. the only note I took while I was playing the game was, I can't believe we're Left Shark. I love that we're Left Shark. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Oh, I do uh, have one important question for both of you before we wrap it up. Uh, one of the characters in the game is named Corsica. Yep. There's a point where you are supposed to catch her. I did not catch Corsica. I did. Okay. You did. I also did not. So <laughs> what happens curious. if you, you gotta catch feel Corsica? the beat? I got a bonus on my like score. I think I got like yeah. a catch Corsica bonus or something. What What happens in the cutscene? Do you, you just do you just put Corsica her. down? You run there or what? What's the deal? Yeah, I think I don't think you. No, I think you carry her to the thing. The hideout. But is okay. she still like unconscious? Yeah. Okay. Maybe or. Okay, now I, I didn't pay that much attention to what her <laughs> level of consciousness enough to memorize it. Okay. It, Sorry. If you don't I didn't catch her, realize you could just not. I didn't know that if you didn't catch her, something different happened. I mean, I don't, yeah. I don't know if it's different or not, but I, I know if you don't catch her, she's unconscious and you bash her head on the side of like five different doorways trying to carry her back oh, to the hideout. That happens if you catch her too. Okay. Glad to know okay. that that's no different. It was just the, like, I think, I guess you maybe don't drop her in the first place. But yeah, every time you walk through a doorway, you hit her head. That actually, that was the thing that was funny to me, too. That was pretty good. The fifth time that happens, like, Chai slows down, turns sideways intentionally, starts to go through the elevator door incredibly slowly, as supposed to not hit her head. And then the elevator door closes on her head. Yeah. Uh, That worked for me. That was very funny. (laughs) Well, cool. Uh, that's all I really had to talk about, too. So with all that being said, Tim, and I guess Cozy, too, if you want, uh, would you give this game a yaw or a nah? Yeah, so I went into this game thinking I would like it, and because I just like the art style, and it seems like a, a good... Um, it just seemed interesting. It seemed pretty fun. Um, I think I liked it less than i hoped i would for the first half and i liked it more than i thought i would in the second half um and overall i thought it was really good it was really well done not not exactly my style of game usually but mm-hmm. i think is a pretty good one of those and the just the the sheer like quality of the 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 game the the art direction the way the animations felt the cutscenes the music stuff like that I think is is really really high so definitely a yaw for me. I'm also a yaw on this game as much as I complained the th- complaints I have are picky and because I'm bad at the game not like not because the game is like has an issue like I thought the overall like the art was beautiful the soundtrack was incredible it was really fun to play. Generally, I liked the rhythm aspects of it. Um, I just kind of like, for me, I wish it would have balanced more toward the rhythm side because that's, I don't love action games, but like I definitely, for an action game, I had more fun with it because of the rhythm elements and I liked the art and the other story stuff and the characters were interesting. So yeah, I'm a yaw in this game. Cool. Yeah, and one of my... One of the things I thought was coolest when this game came out was the fact that there was no there was no marketing for it ahead of time. Like mm-hmm. it was you know, we at the beginning of the year we gave like what games are we most excited about this year? And I like that there are still companies out there who will drop stuff like this, like just with no un, like no pre orders or anything like that. Like just day and date of release hey we have this new game it's only 30 bucks it's out right now go play it 
Yeah. And it ends up being like one of probably what will end up being one of the favorite games of the year for me. Yeah, I think it's super interesting, especially given that this is a Bethesda game, which is a huge publishing company. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, yeah, they, they really must not have thought this was going to do that well because they have put nothing behind it. I mean, the real like cynic uh, business side of me is probably like, Bethesda is not spending any marketing budget this year that they don't have to on anything other than Starfield. Yeah. Um, but yes, it is. It's fun to see it. And like, this is a pretty small developer, right? It's developed by Tango Gameworks, who's made like The Evil Within. Yeah. And that's it. And Ghostwire Tokyo, which came out last year. That's those are the only like major console games they've made. So like, and then now Hi Fi Rush. So I think it's a. Yeah, a nice a nice little surprise. Cool. Well, I am glad that both of you enjoyed it, because I definitely did. Yeah, it was a good one. All right, now I'm going to pass it over to Cozy. Cozy, what do you have for the middle segment this episode? Okay, um, it's time for another segment of Cozy's Hot Takes. Great. <laughs> okay. Um, so my hot take this week is that some video games would be better as TV shows. Sure. Which is mostly an excuse for me to talk about The Last of Us. Okay. Which we just finished (laughs) watching. So, um, disclaimer, I've not played the video game The Last of Us. (laughs) (laughs) But I am basing my hot take on it anyway. Because the hottest takes are ones that you don't even have all the context for. So, um, from what I understand of the game The Last of Us... Tim, you can correct me if I'm wrong because you've actually played the game. Actually, yeah. Cody, have you played The Last of Us or seen the show? I have it on my shelf. I have never played it, and I have not watched the show. Okay, I'm not going to spoil The Last of Us in case you ever get around to playing it, but and because I don't need to for this hot take. But from what I understand of the game, it is mostly like a shooter game or whatever, an action game where it's you're like fighting enemies. And in between that, the story is majority told through, like, cutscenes. Yes? Accurate? Sure. I mean, define story. Like, yeah, the story beats happen through cutscenes. Yes. Okay. How much of what you do in the game impacts or changes the story at all? You don't change the story. There's one linear path. Okay. I think, personally... Games like that are better as TV shows. (laughs) Because I watched The Last of Us TV show. And I think I have a pretty good understanding of the story. I thought it was really good as a TV show. I think some of the direction they took for shooting the game made it feel like it was being shot like a video game cutscenes at parts. Like I could see the influence without being like heavy handed about it. Um, But like the lighting they used and stuff like that just like really kind of had the, like, hint toward, like, video game style cutscenes and stuff that I thought was cool. Um, But I think I experienced... I think if I played that game, I would be playing the fighting parts to get to the cutscenes so I could experience the story. So I don't know why it would be a video game because I feel like it's just, like, works really well as a TV show. So... 
I think it heavily depends on how good the actual gameplay is. Yeah. Because, you know, I haven't played Last of Us, but, um, you know, if, say in like a shooter, if the gunplay feels really good to like be able to play out a big fight scene between like you as the main character and like the big boss and a couple of their henchmen and whatnot. Like I like that feeling of being the one driving the story, even if the story ends the same way, regardless. Yeah. So I think I agree with you cozy but i also think the last of us game was better than the last of us show like wow i think the (laughs) i think the last of us is better as a tv show but not that tv like uh, i liked the and i liked the show but i think the show i so like the thing you miss by turning it into a show is all the little shit you miss all the like incidental dialogue as you're walking from place to place between Joel and Ellie. You miss all the, like, little moments. Like, like a video game's 20 hours long, and The Last of Us show tells that story in about eight and a half hours. Um, at least, like, almost one full episode as, as a side story. Actually, you know, if, if you combine all of the side stuff that is in the show and not in the games and has nothing to do with Joel and Ellie... Um, it it probably like one of those full nine episodes is stuff that's not in the game. It doesn't have to do with it. So I think like Joel and Ellie's relationship feels way better in the game. Like, sure. So at the end of the day, I feel like a The Last of Us show has a higher ceiling than a The Last of Us game. But this specific show, I think, to be better than the game, needed like two or three more episodes. And in some places needed to not stick as close to the game. Like, I think it's also hampered by the fact that uh, Neil Druckmann, who runs Naughty Dog, was, like, deeply involved in the TV show adaptation. And I think, you know, I don't don't know, but I would suspect that maybe as a result, The Last of Us show in many places is, like, a shot-for-shot remake of the game. And I wish they would have done different. I wish they would have been courageous enough to, like, do things better. To, like, have a show written by real TV writers instead of just adapting the exact same story written by games writers writing for a video game. And I think, like... So, I think there's a version of The Last of Us show with the same actors. Because I think Pedro Pascal and Bella Ramsey were incredible in the show. Mm -hmm. But I wish... It had been written better, so I think I think I agree with you that like it as a format, its story is better told as a TV show. But I think I wish the TV show was better. Sure. I was also thinking of like other games that this might be true for, and I think Arcane slash League of Legends, maybe. Yeah, League yeah, of Legends I definitely think... better as a show than well, a game. That's true. <laughs> Yeah, and I think League of Legends is an interesting example because I think the story, like the game League of Legends is not trying to tell a story. The game League of Legends is 
mechanics focused and the story is just like an extra thing which is are yes arguably better than the game um then so there's like that kind of a thing but I think like mechanics driven or like where the focus is mechanics games that have a story like it's sort of a different thing mm-hmm. but I think it's mm-hmm. probably it was occurring to me as I was trying to figure out how to articulate this hot take that I might just hate shooters but <laughs> so, like first okay. person shooters are maybe not for me because I was thinking of examples of a like I think I like the story of Mass Effect. Sure. I cannot, I think that game is way too long. And But I mm-hmm. do think that one you benefit from being able to like do all the dialogue trees with the other people. But like, I think it just takes too long and I would almost rather someone bank all the choices for me and I can watch it as a movie. Um, but I understand why that's maybe, like where it benefits from being a video game, Mass Effect. On the other hand, a game like halo where i don't believe you get to really make dialogue choices that affect the story but i've only played like the first half of the first game i think is what tim and i made it through trying to co-op play that game (laughs) um because like i think the story that we saw in the halo game was intriguing but those games are too long and have too much very similar mechanic-y shooting to make it worth playing the entire series. So I I know they just released a TV show, yeah. which I may have to check out at some point, um, because I think I just prefer to experience stories through TV shows, if it's an option, rather than a much longer, really shooter mechanic-heavy video game. Yeah. Here, I'll give you one that's not a shooter. Uh I just played the remake of Final Fantasy VII, um, and the gameplay in that is pretty good, but that is a game that I think would be better. Like, the best version of that game is just me watching uh, a compilation of all the cutscenes back to back to back to back. <laughs> like, I mm-hmm. that was one where I really felt like I was just, like, playing from cutscene to cutscene, and the cutscenes were so good, and that game is, like, maybe the most beautiful looking game i've ever played um Mm -hmm. so i didn't i didn't mind it i thought i think that game was excellent but i kind of was like this might actually literally just be better if i was watching like a cutscene version of this and then you extrapolate the combat into like combat scenes or fight scenes in in an animated version of this and i probably would like that better than uh playing through this 60 hour game yeah And I think, like, again, I think it should be a challenge to video game creators to, like, integrate the mechanics better into the story. Because I think there's games that do that really well, and those are my favorite video games. Yes, Outer Wilds is a good example. I think even, like, Life is Strange is a very story-driven game, but the mechanics of the game impact the story a lot and make you feel... Like, they make you feel the impact of the choices you're making in a way that's really um unique and well done that like the impact of playing it through as a story versus just watching the story i think matter or like has a lot more significance to it to make it worth playing it as a game yeah i don't know so that was sort of what i where i was like i wish more games integrated the mechanics better and didn't just have like fight scene or fight 
level or mechanics level, then cutscene, then mechanics level, then cutscene. Yeah, I think that's I guess it kind of depends on the strength of the story, too, because like we just talked about Hi-Fi Rush. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't want to watch Hi-Fi Rush, the TV show. Right. No. Nope. Right. Like, I, I think it would be like a fine Saturday morning cartoon, but it would not, like, the game felt much better to me than, like, sitting down and watching it as a show, I think, would by far. Yeah, but I don't think you're coming to Hi-Fi Rush for the story. You're coming for the unique mechanics. Yeah. Right? So uh, I think... I just... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I guess what you're saying, Cozy, is, like, games that are based... That have, like, rote mechanics, but really good stories would be better as TV shows. Yep. I think that's probably basically true. The The caveat being the writing and quality of the show makes that variable. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Very fair. Tim, I'm going to throw it over to you. What do you have to pitch for me this episode? Yes. For my hard sell this week, uh, well, let's tee this up slightly differently. We are recording this uh, March 15th, which means last weekend was the Oscars. Uh, Cody, you're, are you, you, do you watch the Oscars? Uh, I have in the past. Sure. Uh, I did not catch them this year. Okay, me neither, because who would watch the Oscars? However, <laughs> it is interesting to follow them. This is not a quiz, just out of curiosity. If you were to think of, like, Oscar categories that you would think of as being, like, the most prestigious or, like, the most sought-after categories that have the... When you hear that a movie has won awards in these categories, you assume the movie is probably good. Which categories, which, like, three or four categories you're paying the most attention to? I mean, my thoughts would be best picture, sure. best actor, actress, best yeah. supporting actor, actress, mm -hmm. um, stuff like that. Yep. Those are the those are the big ones. I think I also often look for, like, screenplay ones. When I look at the Oscars and try to figure out, like, what to watch, I'll look for, like, screenplays. Um, this year, I don't know if you followed the Oscars. This year, the Oscars were dominated by a single movie, which was... Uh, nominated for 11 different uh, awards and won Best Picture, Best Director, Best Actress, Best Supporting Actor, Best Supporting Actress, Best Screenplay, and Best Editing. Uh, and this is a movie I've seen and enjoyed, so it feels timely to pitch this to you now. Uh, I will, of course, be pitching you everything, everywhere, all at once. Um, this, so... When I decided to pitch this to you, I figured there were two ways to go. One is to give you absolutely no preamble and just say, go into it and experience it for a thing it is, or to dig into it a little bit, because this is the weirdest movie I've ever seen. Okay. Um, I think it's best to dig into it a little bit, because I think it might be a bit much to know nothing about <laughs> it and go straight in. Uh, okay. I guess, do you know, have you heard of this movie? Have you heard of anything about this movie? I've heard of the movie. Uh, I have seen, like, a trailer for it uh, okay. and didn't quite know what was going on exactly or what the movie was about. And I was very close to watching it on an airplane. 
Sure. Uh, but then uh, had two children on that same airplane with me and was like, this feels like not the time to watch this movie. Yes, probably not. I think it was difficult to follow when I just watched it. I mean, I guess it wasn't difficult to follow, but there's a lot, there's a lot happening in this movie. So Everything Everywhere All at Once is a uh, sort of absurd... Um, it's an absurd... Here, I'll read. The New York Times called the movie a swirl of genre anarchy, um, liking it to comedies, science fiction, fantasy, interpersonal character study dramas, martial arts films, and animation. Um, it follows a character named Evelyn who connects with multiple versions of herself in a parallel universe to save the multiverse. Um, it's directed by the Daniels, Daniel Kwan and Daniel Scheinert, who are famous for making, like, very surreal, they made Swiss Army Man, uh, where Daniel Radcliffe plays a corpse, um, for a full movie, um, (laughs) as one of the two characters in that movie, um, and it is a absurd difficult to describe film that is both like goofy it has some like similar humor tendencies with like hi-fi rush or like hi-fi rush level like saturday morning cartoon like punniness there's again there's like whole sort of like kung fu movie sequences um this is also a movie that reading from the wikipedia entry it it is about exploring concepts such as existentialism and nihilism, as well as neurodivergence, depression, generational trauma, and Asian American identity. Um, so there's there's a lot happening in this movie. Yeah, and it really just needs to be experienced. I think the the writing is really pretty incredible, and the acting, I think, especially um, from Kei Huin Kwan, who is one the best supporting actor for this movie. Um, and this is his first acting role in about 20 years. He was like the child actor in one of the Indiana Jones movies and in the Goonies. And then interesting couldn't really get any roles. He acted a couple more times in the 90s and then like couldn't get cast as anything until this movie and was excellent. Um, is, yeah, it's hard to describe... Just try to go in with an open mind. Part of the other reason that I'm I wanted to pitch this is I had a similar arc with this movie as Hi-Fi Rush, where like we watched the first. I went into it expecting to like the movie, and by halfway through, I was like not feeling it. I was like, I get what it's trying to do. I'm just it's like dragging, and I'm getting. I kind of know where it's going. I'm getting kind of bored and I just am not like feeling it. And then by the end of the movie, I was like crying and very into it and thought it was beautiful and, and great. So I'm curious to see uh, what your take is going to be. Interesting. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, I, it hit, it's been on my radar just uh, in the sense that I knew it was like kind of a big movie. And then obviously with the Oscars, you know, I didn't watch them, but I had followed enough to know that it won a bunch of awards and was nominated for a bunch and all that. So mm-hmm. it's been on my radar, 
but I don't know if I if and when I was ever going to get to it because I don't end up watching most Oscar movies. Yeah. Uh, but I am excited to check it out, and it I still truly have no idea what to expect. <laughs> so it's it's hard to describe. It's yeah. just there's so much. It's I mean it's everything everywhere all at once. It is the title of the movie, and it is yeah. also the movie. Um, so it is it's best experienced uh, versus preambled too much. Just uh, pre- prepare yourself, I guess. <laughs> Sounds good. Well, I'm excited to go watch it and report back. Great. That's going to do it for us on this week's episode of Hard Sell. Uh, remember to drop us a rating and a review wherever you find your podcasts. You can follow us on Twitter at Hard Sell Show. Uh, if you have those pitch ideas that you want to send over to us for shows that, or movies or some type of media that maybe we'll review at some point when we put it up against some other emails we've gotten, you can send us those emails at hardsellshow at gmail.com. Maybe someday we'll stream again on Twitch. Who can say? Uh, if and when we do, it'll be at Hard Sell Show. And until next time, we'll catch you on the floopity flop. Catch you on the floopity flop. Thank you.